Welcome to the best works of emerging explicit romance authors. Our curators select a wide variety of tales about the lifelong human quest for satisfying, lasting, and meaningful expressions of sexual health. Steamy Stories Daily Podcast focuses primarily on short stories. Explicit Novels Daily Podcast presents longer format novels over a span of episodes. Subscribe to both Steamy Stories and Explicit Novels in your favorite podcasting app. And now, today's story. Dan's Female Christmas Present Widower Gets a Special Visitor on Christmas Eve by Paul Stevens Listen to the podcast at Steamy Stories. Dan felt like a small child, sitting up watching his phone for alerts that his midnight delivery had arrived. It was like he was waiting for Santa or something, well in his case, more like a Mrs. Claus. Not that Ellie was as saintly as the real Mrs. Claus, but she was getting him out of a jam with his nine-year-old daughter this year, and that made her saintly enough. In Jane's last difficult months of life, Ellie was her faithful friend. In the months since Dan lost Jane, Ellie continued to help him navigate the challenges of raising two kids alone. For Ellie, it was a blessed distraction from her own failing marriage. Finally, Dan heard his phone buzz and looked down to see the text, here, on his screen. He hopped up and went to his garage and let Ellie in the side door, before leading her into his shop, where he knew they would not be overheard, should someone be awake and snooping. Evening Ellie, did you get my delivery? Dan asked. Everything look okay? Yes, absolutely. Ellie said, cheerfully. It looks fantastic, thank you so much for assembling that. You are a lifesaver, just sorry I missed you. Gracie will be thrilled when she sees it in the morning. Dan was mesmerized, staring at the glorious pair of jugs protruding from under Ellie's red silk blouse. He quickly recovered himself. Glad I can help. Assembling dollhouses I can do, clothes buying and fashion, not so much. Did you have any trouble at the mall? Ellie smiled, nope, as I told you. I was buying for Gracie and Josie anyways, picking up a few things for Samantha was no problem, and you do fine. Seriously, I'm not great at trends either, but at least they'll all match each other, so they can suffer together. I got some of Sam's stuff a size up from what you said by the way, her birthday isn't for ages, and she won't make it to the fall in the size she's in. Ellie said handing Dan a stack of packages that, he noticed she had wrapped neatly for him, another thing off the list, tonight. I hope you don't mind? Oh, not at all, I hadn't noticed, clothes were clearly not my department. Jane usually, he stopped, thinking of his late wife, and fighting back the grief, anyways, thanks. Hey, Dan don't feel bad, like I said, you're doing great. These are minor things, considering what you three have been through, given Jane's passing. Speaking of clothes, I also brought this, she held up a paper grocery bag, for Owen, I noticed his clothes are getting a tad small, when I picked him up the other day. I had my sister put together some of my nephew's old clothes, these should hold you for a bit. If you want more, let me know, she's got plenty. She's just going to donate them, if you don't need them. Wow, sounds great, and thanks for everything, Ellie, you've been a lifesaver. Ellie smiled, right back at you Dan, if I had to hear from Charlie, one more time about how I can't handle a dollhouse, because I can't use tools, I was going to scream. Not that I can't, 
I just had zero time or space to do that without ruining it for Gracie. Dan chuckled, Charlie should know plenty about tools, that guy is the biggest one I've ever seen, how he ever got you, will always boggle my mind. As for the dollhouse, no problem. You should see the stuff in my living room, it looked like Santa's workshop in there, this month. Um, a workshop full of toys and Christmas Eve delivery, you sure you're not Santa? Ellie winked. Late night gift delivery, perfectly wrapped I might add, thank you for that by the way, saved me time tonight. You sure you aren't Mrs. Claus? He said, smiling. Nope, just a friend helping out a friend, and as for the wrapping, same with the buying I was on a roll, figured you wouldn't mind, besides, given I missed you tonight, it's the least I could do. I'm just glad my sister invited us to stay with her, so I could drop these by last minute. So, you are at your sister's place for Christmas? Yeah, Isabel didn't want me being alone this Christmas, especially with Charlie being such an ass about the divorce all year. So, she convinced her kids how fun it would be to have their cousins stay. Well, should make for a joy-filled morning for sure. Let me know how the house goes over. Will do, same with those clothes. Ellie, no kid is excited about clothes, Dan said, chuckling. Ellie rolled her eyes, um, nine-year-old girls are, hence why you needed my help. He swore she said, men under her breath. You're right, of course, thanks again, then looking at his watch he said, and let me officially be the first to wish you a Merry Christmas, Ellie. Oh God, is it midnight already? I need to get back, or the kids will think I am Mrs. Claus. Merry Christmas, Dan. She gave him a quick wave as she slipped out the door. He locked it behind her and went to bring the presents to the family room tree. Smiling at the care with which they had been wrapped. He noticed she had left the tag blank, probably so Sam wouldn't be suspicious that the writing was Ms. Ellie's. Like she won't be suspicious the clothes are this nicely wrapped, Dan thought to himself with a chuckle, as he filled out the tags and put them under the tree for the morning. He smiled at the tree and couldn't help think of his departed Jane and how much she loved Christmas. He took a moment to give in to the grief that he had fought back in front of Ellie. Though he appreciated how understandable Ellie was about it, it still felt wrong to grieve in front of someone like that at this joyous time, even someone he had gotten as close with as he had Ellie. Her divorce and his wife's death this year had been a bonding thing for them. Ellie's ex was a first-class jerk, but he was also a coward who had somehow convinced Ellie she was useless at taking care of herself. Hilariously, Dan knew he was only being this way because it was in fact Charlie who relied so heavily on Ellie that he needed her backing to function. But lo and behold, Ellie had discovered she was fine on her own. Ellie is a great mom and gracefully approaching her forties. Her inner beauty radiates outward to her lovely face. Her feminine curves were always luscious, but with her recent focus on better health, she would probably be off the market soon. Did she know her blouse was so, unbuttoned, tonight? Dan thought to himself. Ellie always took it in stride that men would get distracted by her tits. Ever since high school, Ellie enjoyed more than her fair share of double takes from guys. Her challenge was finding a man who loved her for more than her ass and tits. She hated that men often assumed a woman with a full figure lacked in brain power. Ellie always appreciated that Dan believed in her. But now that she's single again, Ellie found herself actually enjoying her growing need for a man. 
To keep her ex-husband off her back, Dan had volunteered to help with any home repairs she didn't know how to do, or would have had to call someone for. She tried to pay him, but he reminded her of all the help she had given months before when Jane was first gone. Their daughters were already friendly, so Ellie would take his kids for hours to give him a break. Countless meals seemed to find their way home with the kids each time, she said their leftovers, but he wasn't fooled. So when she finally rid herself of the tool, the repairs and upkeep were the least he could do. The latest exchange? He assembled a dollhouse for little Gracie that Ellie had zero time to put together if she picked up the clothes Sam had asked for. Given he spent no time in malls and almost had never bought his kids' clothes, picking out girls' clothes was well out of his wheelhouse, so the exchange was perfect. His reflection was broken by a knock at the front door, figuring it was Ellie, though surprised she used the front door. He dried his tears and went to answer it. When he opened the door, he found not Ellie, but someone entirely different. Standing in the cold winter air was a scantily clad goddess wearing what could only be described as Mrs. Claus's lingerie. Red lace with white fur barely covered her ample breasts and panties area, over which she wore a see-through red robe that was also white fur-lined. Lost in the woman's cleavage, he barely heard her say, Merry Christmas Dan, I'm Joy, your Christmas present, so to speak. Mind inviting me in? It's cold out here. Dan gulped, then moving out of the way said, Of course come on in. Joy just smiled, closed the door, and said, Before you start with the questions, let's just say you've been a very, very good boy this year, and a great dad. I'm a reward to special good single daddies who might not have anyone to keep them warm on a cold Christmas Eve. Joy then got very close, and without warning, kissed him. Before he knew it, almost by magic, her clothes were gone, and his hands were being placed on her firm ass and luscious tits. His clothing was strangely gone as well. It was too much for his system. He felt his cock explode with a long blast of cum and blushed. Without missing a beat Joy stopped, smiled, and was somehow wearing her robe again. Reading his shock and embarrassment she said, Good, now that we got that one out of the way, and don't worry Dan, that happens a lot. I always come in hot like that you see. It tells me what kind of help you need. I'm part of Santa's special services team. I'm a comforter. I'm part of the division which cares for devoted single dads. If you just wanted sex, that works for me. Some dads just need to work out a little sexual frustration. Others, like you, are a little more complex and need something a little deeper. You complex ones usually cream yourself quick, and then we can get down to the real business. For the record, much as I love good sex, I prefer your kind, way more fulfilling for me. My success is measured by your depth of regained happiness. Now, which way to your kitchen? Dan pointed and she said, Excellent, I'm going to make you some cocoa and we'll chat. Oh, and if you hadn't noticed I'm a little magical, just like the big fella, no time will pass while I'm here, so you're not sacrificing sleep, nor will anyone wake up or see me if they do wake. We won't run out of time, nor will I lack stamina to meet your needs. We had one incident a long time ago, and we've been a lot more careful since. So, with that out of the way, let's get started. Dan, not fully believing there was some kind of smoking hot elf in his kitchen making hot chocolate, sat down at his table in a daze. 
For something to do, he checked her out. Given she was wearing the robe, he was less able to see her body, but he had gotten an eyeful when she was at the door. She was buxom, but not overly so, her weight suited her and made her huge breasts not look comical on her. She had ample hips, which he could see even with the robe on. Her hair was chestnut brown and halfway down her back. He was taken out of his admiring of her, by a question, as she brought the cocoa to the table. So, I couldn't help but notice those tears when you opened the door. How are you holding up without Jane here? The whole truth now, not what you tell others so they don't feel uncomfortable. My job is to make your Christmas better, and let's face it, as long as you're trying to hold it together for those darling kiddos upstairs, neither you or they is going to get the Christmas you all hoped for. And we both know Jane wouldn't want to be the reason you all have a bad Christmas. So out with it. He resisted at first, but looking into Joy's eyes, he suddenly couldn't help it, it all just poured out of him, grief he didn't even know he had been holding on to, until he was sobbing uncontrollably in her lap, the chocolate long forgotten. His loneliness also got the best of him, and he found himself the aggressor this time, not able to get close enough to Joy no matter how many kisses. She took it all, and returned his fevered kisses, but it never got further than that, as the outpour of emotion once again overwhelmed him. He felt his eyes water again before this got beyond kissing and hugging. The irrational guilt of his sexual desires had kept him from dating for all these months since Jane's passing. But Joy shouldn't count, right? Joy's here as a supernatural intervention of sorts. Perhaps Jane, from some other world, arranged this visit? It's okay Dan, all of it, this is a hard thing to deal with. You miss her in ways you haven't even realized. Joy then asked, when was the last time you thought about a woman like you have tonight? Probably not in months. Guilt washed over him as he knew that was not true, there was someone, he just could not bring himself to acknowledge those feelings though. Joy missed nothing, he was sure she knew what he was thinking, and maybe even about whom. Instead, she drank the rest of her cocoa and said, that said, big boy, you can't keep leaving a girl hanging, I'm magic, but I'm still flesh and bones. Standing, she said, mind helping a lady out? I'll even make it extra fun for you, she said as she shed the robe he had opened during their petting. Holding his hand, she led him to the family room, and she laid down on the sofa. From somewhere produced a whipped cream can and proceeded to spray it on her tits and then her crotch. Here she placed a cherry and announced, come get your dessert big boy, special attention to the spot with the cherry if you don't mind. I know how much you boys like your boobs, but that tongue of yours on my cunt would be heavenly. Dan smiled and went to work, quickly cleaning off her impressive chest, making sure to give her hard nipples a stiff, tugging suck, before heading down to the main event. He took her two ankles and pulled her body down to one end of the sofa, until her ass was over the armrest and her legs dangled. From that side of the sofa, her pulled her knees wide apart and knelt down to enjoy a cunt sundae. He licked her completely clean before dipping his tongue into her sweet-tasting crevice. As requested, he gave it plenty of attention, especially her stiff, protruding clit. He sucked hard on her nub while flicking it rapidly with his tongue, and was soon rewarded by her thrashing and moaning as she closed on her climax. Not long after, she exploded in pleasure, and he made sure to clean up any of her sweet syrup that leaked out. When he got up, 
He was instantly spun around and pinned naked to the sofa, with joy on top. She kissed him hungrily, and with lust in her eyes, said, Thank you sir, but you've been holding out on me it seems. She reached down and grabbed his cock, which he had not noticed had gotten painfully hard, and began stroking it. You've been hiding this thick candy cane from me. She slid back and bent down to give it a few quick sucks, before rising and smiling, just checking, looks like someone's finally ready for the main event. Good thing too, your tongue is heavenly, but I need to be filled up, darling. She then rose up and mounted him, squeezing her tits together, as she knelt, straddling a little forward, and moaned. If it was possible, Dan got harder in her stiff, velvety depths. He found new purpose in making this woman satisfied. Little did he know, his unconsciousness was awakening to new dimensions of life, finding purpose by satisfying a woman's sexual desires. She smiled, Oh, I think our good daddy likes his present, just wait big boy, you ain't seen nothing yet. She proceeded to ride him, slow at first, but getting faster as she went, clearly hitting a sensitive spot for herself as she did. She came not too long after starting. As she collapsed on him, Dan seized his chance, and holding her to him, with his cock still buried deep in her, rolled them over. Um, daddy's ready to drive, huh? Have at it, drive into the depths of my magic cunt. Have it he did. He wasn't sure how long, but he burned off months of sexual frustration on Joy's cunt, and she loved every minute of it. His hungry cock tingled in delight as her cunt magically massaged every inch of his manhood. As he felt his spunk prepare for an eminent blast, he pressed down and held there. Her cunt then seemed to suck on his tip, swelling his glands, and holding him securely. As the waves of ejaculate shot out, he felt her cunt actually swallow him, as though she was giving him a swallowing blowjob with her tight, rigid cunt. This climax held for a few minutes of pure ecstasy. When it was all done, he collapsed next to her, spent. Joy turned onto her side with her head on Dan's chest. One of her tits laid over him and he gently fondled it as his breathing settled. Feel better? Joy asked snuggling up to him. As she did, she handed him something. Before the irrational guilt settles in, read this. It's Jane's last letter, to Santa. She was always a believer, and a big reason I'm here tonight. Dan unfolded the letter, which was written in Jane's familiar script, and it read. Dear Santa. My wish is not really for this year, or maybe even next year. I know I'm not well, and I do not know how much time I have left, but if you are out there, can you make sure that if I go, my Daniel has a good Christmas? If I know him, he will move heaven and earth to make sure the kids have a happy Christmas, even at the expense of himself. So, if you can find some way to make sure he's okay next year, I'd appreciate it. I love him so much, and I hope he finds his own way to happiness, but if not, please help him, and remind him it's okay to move on. He has already given me more love, care, and support than a girl could ever dreamed of, and I could not bear to see him unhappy after all he's sacrificed for me, nor am I selfish enough to think only I deserve his love. His heart is too big to keep hidden away. I only hope he can find someone to love, and that she cherishes him as much as I do. I'm not sure why I'm writing all of this to you Santa, or if you're even real, but if you are, make sure he has a good Christmas and knows that I was loved. Jane. She always said I should move on if she went, but it's so hard. 
Jane was everything. Dan said, shaking his head. Not to be nosy, but I think you already have. You just won't admit it to yourself. I think there is a certain divorcee you've been a guardian angel for. And let's face it Dan, she's been yours. That little exchange you two just had, before I got here, how is that any different than how you and Jane worked together? You could fill a need for her and her kids, that has been neglected for long since before she left Charlie. And those two darlings upstairs, Joy said pointing upstairs, need a good mother's love and care. Which, given that little bag of clothes in the garage for Owen, and the perfectly wrapped gifts for Sam under the tree, she's already doing. Joy looked deeply into Dan's eyes, no one can replace Jane. She will always be those kids' mother. But that doesn't mean the six of you can't help each other heal. Who knows, maybe by next Christmas, someone won't need her sister to rescue her, and both of you can put out presents together. Just think about it. And admit it, you really loved the cleavage tea she provided, tonight? Imagine how happy you'll make her, by enjoying her body. That luscious body she wants to share with you. Then she rose and smiled, well, not to run, but I have to go. You need to get some sleep. Excited kids will be up soon. Do not forget to send Ellie a video of those clothes getting opened. Joy helped him up, then seeing the unkept state that the room was in, picked up a candy cane off the hot chocolate tray, and waved it around. Magically the kitchen was spotless, and they were both fully dressed. See you again next year, if needed. You're my charge now, so I'll come back as many Christmases as I'm needed. I have a good feeling you won't even need me next year though. With that she was gone. Dan found himself in his bed being woken by his kids, wondering if the whole thing had been a dream. Not too long after, paper lay all over the family room floor, and his kids were engrossed in their gifts. As promised, he sent the video of little Samantha gushing over her clothes. Given he had not been as discreet filming it as he hoped, Samantha had seen and made sure to say thanks Ms. Ellie to the recording phone. He wasn't sure how exactly she knew, but he also wasn't shocked. Sam was as smart as her mother, and he was thankful of that every day. Every time he looked at Sam, he knew he'd always have a part of Jane in his life. He also received a video of Gracie, loving her dollhouse, and giving her mom all the credit, which he was sure made Ellie's day. As it should, moms work hard at Christmas, they should get credit. This was especially true in Ellie's case, given her troubles with Charlie this year. After watching the video, he thought for a bit about what Joy had said and decided to send back. Thanks for the video, glad to put a smile on her face, and glad she put a smile on yours. Hopefully my smart girl put a smile on yours too, she is something. Speaking of smiles, I know you put one on my face more than I thought possible these past few months, and I love giving you reasons to show your pretty smile. I think we're good for each other. I'd like to explore that more after the holidays are over, if you're ready for that. He nervously hit send and moments later got back. More than ready, I just didn't want to rush you. Jane was an incredible woman and a tough act to follow, I'll do my best for sure. We'll take it slow for the kids' sake, but you're right, you make me smile more than I have in years, and I'd like to feel that more. Name a time and place in the new year, and I'm there. A moment later, he got another text. FYI, Izzy says about darn time and has already volunteered to babysit all the kids if we need.
Dan smiled, Jane got her wish, it certainly was a Merry Christmas, and by the looks of things, it was going to be a Happy New Year too. One year later, the grandfather clock suddenly froze after six chimes, as there was a knock on the door. Dan was snuggled under a blanket, on the sofa with Ellie after putting four kids' worth of presents under the tree. They were trying their first blended Christmas. Dan started to get up, confused, only to hear another female voice. Oh, please don't get up, dear boy. You are right where you belong, and where I hoped I'd find you. Joy said, appearing from nowhere, wearing much more clothing than the previous year, but still sexy as ever. Ellie was spooked for a minute, by the appearance. Was this some other love interest of Dan's that she wasn't aware of? Young attractive widowers like Dan were often getting sympathy attention from women, even married women. And some even wanted to make sure Dan got some sexual attention. Ellie was proud to be the only woman Dan accepted even platonic help from. Yet women still tried to push themselves on him. But why on Christmas Eve? Joy interrupted Ellie's suspicions by revealing some secrets of her own. Good evening, Ellie. I assume I can let Rudy know he's not needed this year, as well? Stunned by the secret revelation, Ellie turned beet red. Oh, uh, er, yes, thank you, um. Ellie trembled at having her previous secret Christmas dalliance exposed. This woman even knew Rudy's name. Then Ellie caught on that both she and Dan were recipients of Santa's comforter services. At least they were receiving free gifts of personal services. It wasn't like Ellie or Dan were actually hiring prostitution services. Still she felt vulnerable at the revelation. She hugged Dan tight and resolved herself to accept that Dan also got comforted last Christmas by someone other than her. Oh, where are my manners? I'm Joy. Last Christmas, Dan wasn't quite ready for romance with you, so I was assigned to him. Same as Rudy was assigned to you. He will be glad, we were both rooting for you too, this year. Then noting Dan's puzzled and embarrassed look, Joy said, Why, my dear Daniel, you do not think that only single dads get comfort visits on Christmas Eve? Men. Joy said, looking at Ellie and rolling her eyes, sometimes, they think it's all about them. Ellie chuckled, yeah, but this one is pretty cute, so I'll keep him. Joy smiled and turned back to Dan, where do you think that song came from, you silly boy? One male comforter gets caught kissing a widow, back in the early 50s, in a Santa suit, and all of a sudden, the big man is stealing men's wives. You remember how I mentioned there was an incident? That's the reason for the clock stopping. And the invisibility? Well, that's the one, Santa could have put an end to it by revealing us all, of course. But not every single mom or dad out there deserves us, so he took the hit. Mrs. Claus loves the song, she gets to rib him every time it plays, up at the North Pole. Which, despite it being banned, is played at least a few times a year, funny how that keeps happening, Joy said with a wink. Honestly, it's just bad luck really, that that widow had a thing for the Santa suit, but then again a lot of grown-up girls do, at eh, Ellie? Joy said, winking this time at Dan as Ellie blushed a bit, as her secret fetish was revealed. Anyways, sorry to break up the cuddle you two have, but there is some paperwork, since the comforter service is temporarily discharging you two. We need you both to sign something, saying you are happily together. 
Of course, you two kids could just have saved us the trouble by making all this official with a trip to the local courthouse. But I, for one, admire that you're taking things low-key. Ellie, I'll have you go first, if you don't mind. I'll handle your discharge in Rudy's stead, he's got a full night, and I'm slated to be here for a while yet anyways. Funny how folks think elves only make toys all year, and don't find any work to do, once the sleigh gets loaded up. Truth is, we really get motivated for comforter services night. Ellie went with Joy to the kitchen counter and signed a few things on the clipboard, which Joy produced. Dan could not help noticing the whispering between the two ladies, nor the glances at him. When it was his turn, Ellie then disappeared upstairs as Joy came back into the family room. Dan stood up and took the clipboard. He signed and initialed all the documents. Then, when he was finished, Joy gave him a huge hug. You did good. You both are glowing. I couldn't have hoped for better. I know Jane would be happy for you, too. Funny thing about Jane, I'm not sure Ellie told you, but it was Jane who first told her to think about moving on from Charlie. Jane told her, you never know when something better could come along. In her final days, she knew you two were right for each other. Case in point, the only reason Ellie could see me tonight is because she's a part of you now, she shares your heart. I knew when I first appeared to you, tonight, I had a confused woman looking at me. You didn't need me, now. You love her, and she loves you. She let that sink in, then said, By the way, as I said, I was due to be here a lot longer, and funny thing about the time magic, it can't be cancelled. It must just run its course. So those kiddos upstairs are frozen for at least another 45 minutes. I'm sure you and Ellie can find a way to fill that time. Joy said with a wicked grin on her face. Then she added, Oh, but you'll need, she said waving her pen, and magically Dan was wearing a Santa suit. I think there's a lonely mom with some treats for you by the fireplace, Santa. Take good care of her. With that she was gone with a hint of peppermint lingering behind. Dan turned back to the couch and sure enough, standing in front of the fire, was Ellie, wearing a loosely tied robe. Oh Santa, there you are. I have some milk and a cookie for you, I hope you're one who likes to lick his cookie. She dropped the robe to show her naked luscious body, with whipped cream and sprinkles covering her mound. Ho ho ho, absolutely dear, come to Santa, my sweet. Ellie smiled and rushed to him and after a deep kiss, he wasted no time laying her down over the armrest of the sofa, and kneeling. With her legs dangling over the side of the sofa, he knelt and began devouring her bald and frosted cookie. When he had her thrashing in pleasure with his tongue, he rose and started to unbuckle the Santa pants. A hand stopped him. Panting she said, with lust in her eyes, leave that suit on, Santa. Come give me that thick candy cane in your pants though, she said, massaging said cane that was nearly bursting out of Dan's pants. Dan didn't need to be asked twice. He just lowered the pants enough to get his cock out and sunk it deep into his love's elevated cunt. Unlike last year, he was no longer frustrated, he made slow love to Ellie's body, loving every curve and reveling in every moan. After a bit, he picked her naked body up and slid her body up across the middle of the oversized sofa. Then he laid himself on her, again. Ellie reveled in her Santa fantasy. His velvet red suit tingled her skin all over. 
Dan's cock tingled her innermost depths. When he was finished, they had come together and just lay on the couch enjoying each other and the glow. Midnight finished chiming, signaling time had resumed. So they dressed and headed upstairs to their shared bed to get rest before four excited kids woke them the next day. The kids quickly went downstairs to await the big gift event. Merry Christmas, my sweet Ellie. Dan said. Merry Christmas, Dan. She said as they kissed, then added, you know, I wasn't really expecting any action last night, but we could be in trouble. I'm off my pill because it was messing with my hormones, and it's, well, about my horniest time of the month. Dan smiled, well, then we get a little bonus gift, and our blended family gets a little bigger. I'm up for more chaos if you are. We're still pretty young. Ellie smiled and looking into his eyes, said, I'd like that too. And you know, my doctor did say another baby would probably fix my erratic hormone issues. I just did not think you would want another. If your stud servicing last night doesn't take, maybe we'll try again. Then smiling, she added, but maybe let's discuss getting married first? She said with a chuckle. Deal, and I'd love to marry you, but I want to do it right, and I don't want to rush the kids. Ellie nodded, I know, my love. Me too. If a baby happens soon, we'll deal with it. But I'd rather not have people think you only married me because you got me pregnant. No one who's seen us together will think that dear. Dan said smiling, but if there is a baby, we have to name it Joy if it's a girl, since it's her fault. Ellie smiled, only fitting. But Rudy, if it's a boy. We wouldn't be here without his help, last year. Dan suddenly chuckled, but we can't tell anyone that we named a kid after someone that one of us had a previous one-night stand with. Can we? Ellie blushed, they just wouldn't understand, unless they've gone through what we've been through. Dan nodded and snuggled Ellie close, rubbing her belly absent-mindedly, and wondering if next year, there would be five kids to get gifts for. Either way, somehow next year looked to be even happier than this year has been. By Paul Stevens for Literatica Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We hope you found pleasure and inspiration. Come back tomorrow as we continue to bring you more explicit romance tales and subscribe to our podcast feeds in your mobile devices to access our entire library of hundreds of daily episodes. Happy dreams.